There's a grave evil in our society and the world today. It's stealing the innocence and the purity from our children. And it's happening right before our eyes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. When Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven as like a fine pearl or a treasure found in the field, what He's telling us is that it's like falling in love with our Lord Jesus Christ. All of us have that opportunity and basically Jesus expects all of us sooner or later to let this happen. Because when one finally falls in love with our Lord, it it's becomes part. It permeates every aspect of our lives. Our family, our friends, even our work. Prayer is no longer a burdensome task, but a delight. And eventually we learn how to pray 24-7. And we're in contact with our Lord day in and day out. And one of the greatest things He teaches us is the meaning of unconditional love. Doesn't matter what we do. He's there for each and every one of us. And He loves us to our very last breath. And He tells us the simplest way to find an example of this is in our young children. Last week we talked about the kingdom of heaven. And Father so eloquently talked about the weeds and the wheat. Now this is the third Mass for me, so I'm going to give you a, uh, a break. If, if you give me the right answer, I won't go on for a half hour. If you don't, you might be here for 45 minutes. Who were the weeds? Who said Satan? Very good. Oh, the judge might should have known. Okay. It's the children of Satan. That's the first time anybody got that right. So okay, you guys can have a, a short homily. Um, it's the children of the evil one. And let me tell you something. They're rampant in our society today. I call them legion because they're many. And they're spreading their lies and their evils and their deceit right before us. And we don't even know it. And that's a shame. Let me just go over a couple of their de deceits they're practicing. Just this week we tried to find out that they're trying to erase from our vocabulary husband and wife. They're trying to tell our young people that there is no difference in a man or a woman. Now, I'm not that smart. You know, I did go to podiatry school and a residency in surgery, but 
I believe I never got out of uh, Anatomy 101 if I didn't know the difference. Because there's a big difference. But yet, when you talk to some young people today, they'll tell you there's none. I'll tell you, if my kids told me that, I'd expect my money back from that college. I mean, it's ridiculous. Michigan today is trying to pass a law that if you call someone by the wrong pronoun, you can go to prison for a year and you can have a $10,000 fine. Now, if anybody from Michigan's listening, they better get on the stick. Time's running out. But their biggest lie today, and I want to make sure I say this right, gender dysphoria. Gender dysphoria. What is that? Well, let me explain it to you. When the moment of conception occurs, God breathes life into this baby in the mother's womb. God gives that baby a soul that will last forever. God gives that baby all the DNA that makes him or her who she is. And God, at that moment, makes them either a male or a female. Well, these people today are trying to tell us that God made a mistake. Well, I'm here to tell you, God never made a mistake and He never will. Man makes mistakes. And it's very sad. Let me give you a, an example about what we're talking about. When I was growing up, remember you used to have girls in your class, we call them tomboys. They were usually had older brothers to pick on them, so they were tougher than the normal girl. You know, long, normally they got older, they became beautiful wives and mothers. But today, in our society, as young as eight years old, if they find this out, they'll fill that poor child with puberty blockers, male hormones, and the biggest lie is they'll tell their parents that if their child does not have a sex change operation, there's a good chance they will die. And that's the biggest lie in the history of the world. All medical literature states that 80-85% of these individuals, by the time they're in their 20s, will outgrow it. But yet they push that down these poor parents' throats and these poor children. And they have them go to undergo this terrible radical surgery. Only to find out a few years later there was a mistake made. They want to reverse it. And they find out they can't. So this poor soul for the rest of their life is living in depression, isolation. Fear. And eventually, too often, they give in to despair and they end their own lives. This evil's got to end. So, what do we do? We go back to the source, our Lord Jesus Christ. He tells us specifically. Unless you become like ch little children, 
you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Now he says that specifically. Now we know we cannot go back and become a child again. Although my wife tells me all the time I'm the biggest baby she ever met. But we can't go back. So what are the characteristics for all of us to gain eternal salvation? It's the characteristics of a young child. What are they? A young child is pure. A young child is innocent. A young child will believe things, not always negative. A young child will not hold the grudge, which is amazing. Even if they have bad parents and they're mean to them, a young child will still love their parents. That's the epitome of unconditional love. My brothers and sisters, we need to remember for evil to thrive, all that's needed is good men and women to do nothing. I would like to end with a quote from the Catechism of the Catholic Church which puts this all much more eloquently than I can ever say. The human body shares the dignity of the image of God. It is a human body precisely because it is animated by spiritual soul. And it is the whole human person that is intended to become. In the body of Christ, a temple of the Spirit. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.